I started last week, I want to talk about uh, gifts of the Spirit. I call this God's power through spiritual gifts. There, there's a real drought of knowledge about spiritual gifts in the body of Christ right now. You know, when I came to Jesus in 1976, it was the height of the charismatic movement. And Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Lutheran, believe it or not, Catholic. And I mean, just people by score were coming to Jesus, being born again, baptized with the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit. It was a big deal. I was a Southern Baptist. My mother, in a prayer meeting on a February, a February day in 1975, got filled with the Holy Spirit in a Southern Baptist prayer meeting. That's strange. And, uh, you know, then I got, I received baptism of the Holy Spirit the next year. But that was just the way it was. And, and people were just excited about God because, you know, people my age had been on drugs and, and just all the sexual revolution and the drugs and the hippie culture and all that. That's what was going on in the late 60s, early 70s. And, you know, I was, uh, what, 16. I turned 17 in October of 1975, 76. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I was not quite 18. Uh, but the world has changed now, and, and it's like the, the body of Christ in America has just drifted away from the roots that at one time made it great, and, and really um, uh, the move of God spread all over the world. Mego kasamaya teasu. For I will yet resurrect what has been, and what is coming is greater than anything that anyone's ever seen. For I have saved the very best for last. Prepare your heart and watch what I will do through the most common person. <laughs> Isn't that great? I. Uh, Oh my goodness, y'all, I'm sorry. Uh, I, uh, I've just been, uh, I don't know how to tell you, I can't pray enough, I can't get settled. And I just feel like we're on the edge of something that's really big and like the enemy's trying to keep it back, but he can't do it. Do you hear me? And so many believers in America are just lackadaisical and, not, and, and satisfied with, with their stuff and their things and their plans and whatever and, and God's just wanting to do something so different. How many hear what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. So, you know, kind of preaching to the choir. You're here on Wednesday night, and the people that need to hear it aren't. So, I mean, you know, maybe you're online. I don't know. But God wants to do something fresh, and this is the time to seek the Lord and really say, God, take me where I have never been. And, Lord, re renew something fresh inside of me. How many hear me? So, really, if you'll do that, you know, I've been praying that way, and, and uh, I was mentioning it to me in my office. Um, I'm so, I'm so... You know, South Carolina, people would say, I'm so cotton-picking dissatisfied. But see, if you're not satisfied, you'll just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm so dis... And I just pray, and I can't get enough. I wake up at night, I pray. You know, I pray in the morning. I pray this afternoon. I prayed in my office before I came here. It's like there's just something... It's like God will do something. It's like it's not quite in reach. It's just out of your reach, so you'll just keep reaching further. And that's what Paul said in Philippians 3, straining, reaching for, straining for the things that are before. And you got to get hungry for God to do something fresh in you. How many hear me? So if you're not hungry, uh, ask God to make you hungry. And, and the truth is, if you do, you know, it may make you feel unsettled to start with. And I think that's what's happening with me. So um, I think, I don't know why I'm crying, but I am. It's on me strong. But there's something so big that God's going to be doing. How many hear me? 
And, and the gifts of the Spirit, you know, again, in the 70s, they were so, they were so exciting to us. And now people are like, well, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> well, we need to learn about it because it's going to hit you and it's going to hit you hard. The Holy Spirit's going to manifest, and we need to know something about Him and how He manifests, right? So let's get to it. Uh, prepare now for a new moving of the Holy Spirit to Scripture. And then I want to read something from my... i got two things I think I want to read from my journal. It's not in my notes, uh, Sean. Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2, Where I shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness, the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. There's just a tremendous moving of the Spirit. But what that says is, at the same time as the great moving of the Spirit, there's tremendous... Uh, King James says gross darkness new king james says deep darkness and this this probably has to do with the lifestyles of the people worldwide it's where they cast off all restraint psalm 2 it talks about the peoples of the world casting off all restraint they don't want god to have anything to say in their life that's spirit of antichrist rising up right in the middle of all that there's tremendous move of god so as tough as life is right now just be aware god has something huge up his sleeve yes or no and we're supposed to keep our eyes on that. Joel 2.28, come to pass afterwards, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters prophesy, your old men dream dreams, your young men will see visions, and also on my men servants and maid servants, I'll pour out in those days of my spirit. That's verse 29. And so then gifts of the spirit are in view. And, and um, I want to go into some detail if I can get there. First uh, Corinthians 12, 8 through 11, we talked about this last week. There are nine spiritual gifts that operate in the lives of those, and I'll talk about this tonight, uh, that are baptized with the Holy Spirit. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning or seeing Spirit into the Spirit realm, discerning of spirits, to another gift of tongues, different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. What just happened to me, I was praying, I pray in the Spirit. So there's a diver, different kinds of tongues, interpretation comes. That happens to me in my personal life eh, quite a bit. Um, and so it just happened tonight. And if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't don't think I'm getting squirrely on you. I'm just, you know, it's just the Holy Spirit manifesting. It's okay. And you can have that too, yes or no? To another, the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, but the one and same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. There will be churches that close in the future, but there are also going to be churches that open and then others that remain open. And I'm asking the Lord, let us be one of the ones that are marked to stay open because we're open to the Holy Ghost. How many hear me? So we need the Word. We need the Holy Spirit. You don't need the Spirit without the Word, and you don't need the Word without the Spirit. All words, you dry up. All Spirit, you blow up. Word and Spirit, you grow up. So we need both to grow. So God's going to find a way to make that mix just right in these times. Let me go from my notes to my personal journal. Um... I want to, I mentioned this last week. Let me change my screen and uh, make sure I can get back to that. I mentioned this last week, uh, Sunday, October 6, 6 p.m. prayer meeting. The Holy Spirit came on me in an unusual way, and this is from my journal. I was tired, did not feel like leading prayer. Prayer, I sat on a stool, this one, uh, in front of the people. The Spirit of prayer fell on me, and my tongue changed. If I was praying in the Spirit, i.e., in other tongues, um, and, and 
what sounded like German came. It was just really strange. I'd never heard that before. It's a very strong move of the Spirit on me. I don't know if anybody else felt it. The interpretation came, there is in our not-too-distant future a sudden challenge as a nation. Sudden challenge. This is, again, October 6, 2019. Okay, get it? Uh, I do not know what it is, but it will be a catalyst for Joel 2.28 to be made manifest. There's a fresh moving of the Spirit. But it will come as people are unusually challenged. And, and I submit that I think the, that part of that was COVID-19 would hit six months later, March of uh, 2020. And here we are, you know, what, two and a half years into that. And, uh, and there, there's yet some huge changes coming worldwide. We just need to be ready. Don't, and the thing is, you don't need to be afraid of it. Uh, uh, let God be God, and, and let's expect Him to to live big in us and take care of us. What do you think? I was uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, God had Joseph up his sleeve for the Israelites to be spared from the spared from the the um, uh, drought that for seven years came, and uh, God God took care of His people, didn't He? It's just amazing. Moses, God had Moses when when uh, when he, the Egyptians were were just pestering the Israelites so badly for so many hundreds of years, and they cried out. And uh, Moses, Moses, Moses was used by God to set Israel free from Egyptian bondage, and they got right to the Red Sea. It looked like they were going to die, and, and the thing parted. I mean, y'all, y'all, do you think God doesn't have something up his sleeve? I mean, the three Hebrew children wouldn't compromise. He got thrown in that fiery furnace, and, you know, another person appeared. His name's Jesus. And so, you know, we might be going into some fiery times, but how many know God's big is going to take care of us in amazing ways? How many are ready for it? How many are really ready for it? See, I can hear some people saying, well, I don't want anything bad to happen. Well, you know, some of, sometimes you can't keep it from happening. It's just going to happen, so... You know, but in the middle of it, how many, how many know God's going to be real big? This other thing I want to read is here. I've read this before, and it was on a Wednesday night. This is October 20th last year, and I just want to read this again. Uh, I actually published this on my uh, Facebook page uh, and uh, transcribed this for me. And this was Tongues and Interpretation, um, I think right when the service started. It's coming on the horizon. This is the interpretation. There is coming on the horizon in the not-too-distant future, and again, this is back last October 20th, a wall of darkness, a thick wall of blackness. Now, boy, you can feel it now, can't you? It's crazy. Uh, and I can see a horse. In fact, horses four, white, red, pale, black. That's from uh, Revelation 6. Yes, even the four horses called the horsemen of the apocalypse, they're right at the door, and many will fall into fear consternation and dread and will not know what to do but I've prepared you for this day this hour this season and there will arise at the same time on my people see see right at the same time the darkness is there there will arise on my people a glory a light a joy a peace a rest and I and it will draw those that are in darkness so so because God Jesus comes on us in a strong way they're gonna say well, why aren't you flipping out like we are say well well, Jesus takes care of us, that's, and that's what it's referring to. And, um, and it will draw those in darkness. You'll draw those in darkness to your countenance, and they'll walk up to you and say, what shall I do? What does the future hold for me? And you'll say, all will be well. If you can, come and stand with me in the light. For if we walk in the light as he's in the light, the glory of God will come. For those who know their God will be strong, do exploits. That's from the book of Daniel, chapter 11, I think. In this day, and the gifts of the Spirit will come. And that's why I read this. The gifts of the Spirit will come. 
Not in a small measure, but in a great measure, from the least into the greatest, from the youngest to the oldest. If you'll just spend time in my presence, if you'll just spend time with me, and now it will be that the veil between you and me shall become so thin that when you begin to pray, you'll sense me. I was uh, listening to some podcast a couple of days ago, and I keep hearing people say, it's like, the and, I, and that's what I got when I, this is interpretation of the tongue, but I keep hearing people say, what I got is that is the veil of the spirit realm that keeps us from seeing God and, and seeing that it's, it's getting thin. <laughs> and, and you'll be able to pray through much more easily. It's really cool. Um, you will sense my presence. Some have never done this, but they'll see into the realm of the spirit. Now that's discerning of spirits, and we'll talk about it in ensuing weeks. They'll, they'll see the demonic strongholds that are on one. On the other hand, they'll see the angels of God ascending and descending as... Um, as um, Jacob saw on the ladder um, that was above his head while he slept, uh, and uh, it rested, they rested right above his head. They'll see angelic hosts as they minister. And you'll minister in the power of my spirit. People will be healed, be freed uh, from fear, demonic oppression, depression, thoughts of suicide. Uh, they shall lift, and the glory of God will fall. So don't be afraid of what you hear. I, I, I've gone through my journal, and, and over and over again, God keeps saying, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't don't get your eyes on the dark. Don't get your eyes on the negative. It's hard not to because you're surrounded by it all the time, you know. But don't be afraid of what you hear. Only be filled with faith in me. The greatest days, this thing gets me, the greatest days of your entire life are just ahead of you. Now, people don't think that. The greatest days of your life are just ahead of you. If, there's the qualifier, if you'll keep your eyes on me, don't look at the dark. If you look at me, all shall be well. Isn't that good? So see that, even just reading it, I haven't read that. I just thought about it while we were singing and I felt like I needed to read it because it talks about gifts of the Spirit. But, you know, if we keep our eyes on, on what Jesus wants to do, that's gonna be what keeps us free during the next time. How many hear me? So uh, it seems like uh, we just have a few years left before Jesus comes back and the world is gonna descend into a cauldron of mess. And it's already started. Now, I don't know what the future holds for the U.S. of A., uh, a lot of people are saying a lot of things about that. I think one thing that I think is going to happen, there's going to be a real move of God. But but it'll be on the, on the heels of some really tough stuff we have to deal with. So get yourself ready. I don't want to put, I'm not a fear monger. I don't do that. But it is a day to really prepare. It's a Joseph day. Prepare yourself. And uh, just get ready and ask God to speak to you about what you need to do. I know he's spoken to me the past several years. I made some huge changes Um uh, normalcy bias, I've talked about that a good bit, is really, normalcy bias is, is 2 Peter 3, 8, 9, 10, where's the promise of his coming, all things continue as they are, you know, uh, without, without really letting up or changing in any dramatic way. I have a very strong normalcy bias, so the idea is things have always been this way, it'll always be this way, no, no, we're, we're, we, we left that realm a while back, and and people keep saying, I've never experienced this before, never seen this before. Every week I listen to somebody on a podcast or something that says, we've never experienced this before, been here before. It's really true. So the normalcy bias I have is unusually strong because I'm a leader uh, and, and it's rattling me pretty strong. God is speaking to me, Mitch. Uh, expect what hasn't happened before. And to do that, I've got to pray like I haven't before and seek God like I haven't before and be available to minister the way I maybe even haven't before. How many hear me? I've preached thousands of sermons, but God's saying, forget about where you've been, what you've done, and let's do something fresh, right? 
So, so for you, maybe you've never ministered to people. God wants you to be ready to minister to people. Yes or no? And he wants you to be ready to be used by the Holy Spirit. And these gifts of the Spirit, they're not just for, they're not just for church life. They're not just for uh, in between the walls of a building. In fact, this is where they ought to happen the least. They ought to happen the most when we leave here. Yes or no? Now, there's different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Really, it's, it's, that's for the local church and prophecy for the local church. It builds us up. It edifies us. It inspires us. And our services will become filled with that again. There was a day, oh, in the 70s, 80s, you know, you'd go to a church service. I don't know where you were. And, and the people are worshiping and singing. We didn't have lights and all that. We actually kept the lights wide open while we sang because nobody gave a, gave a hoot. There's nothing to look at on stage anyway, but, you know, some people, and hopefully they're dressed well. But, you know, you just close your eyes and worship the Lord. And, and then God shows up, and somebody will prophesy. you have tongue interpretation. That was just normal fare in the 70s and 80s. How I many if you're old like me, how many remember that? So, you know, it's coming back. And, and don't be surprised if we're having a worship service, and, um, and you just feel this impress inside. And you know what it feels like? It feels like a balloon blowing up. And, and, and with the balloon blowing up, that's, if, if this is an anointing that comes from inside. A words will come, and God may at some point want you to prophesy. So let's start that out on Wednesday nights. We may be worshiping if we have a lull in the music and, and something's going on, and, and your words come to you, and it's got that, it's got that power behind it, the anointing. Let it go. Let it flow. And it's scary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could you mess up? Absolutely. I will give you grace. How's that? But, you know, uh, small group, same way. You'll be in a small group singing, worshiping. Somebody's playing the guitar or, or you're crooning a tune a cappella. I don't care. You're singing and worshiping. And, you know, got a group of people together. And, again, prophecy comes. Again, again, how does it feel? Well, inside. There'll be an anointing. I don't have to tell. Once that happens to you, You'll say, I've never experienced that before. That's funny. That's great. Wow. The anointing comes. And then uh, if it comes with words and it's, there's an impress inside that's really strong, it's like you're about to pop, let it go. Let it flow. Is that good? And we'll talk about that more later. So anyway, it is a time to be used by the Holy Spirit. What I want to emphasize real quickly here. Um, the gifts of the Spirit are as, as a result of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So if you're in the room, you're watching online, you haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, you need to receive that experience. And, and what I want to uh, cover tonight is Jesus never ministered to one person until he had received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that? Jesus didn't minister to people because he was the Son of God. We're going to see it in a minute. He laid all that aside. And he operated in the power of the Holy Spirit in the same way we do in the church age. Most people think Jesus did what he did because he was the Son of God. If that was the case, he should have done it when he was five years old or 10 years old or 20 years old or 25 years old. No, 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 no. Jesus did no miracles until he was baptized with the Holy Spirit because he used the same same thing available to us, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. It was used by him. So the Holy Spirit works in our lives real quickly two ways. There's the indwelling of the Spirit. Everybody say indwelling. An analogy for the indwelling of the Spirit in the New Testament is, is, is a well. Uh, Jesus said to the woman at the well, um, whoever drinks of the water I will give you will never thirst, but the water I will give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So the well of water is the in, 
the infilling of the Spirit. When you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. I've got all these references in the notes that are online, and I don't want to take the time to look at them. Uh, you cannot be a Christian without having the Holy Spirit living in you. See, that's the problem with America today. We've got a lot of people who say they're saved, but they never act like they're saved. And if you have a personality living in you, that personality starts rubbing on you and you can't keep doing your stuff you used to do before you knew Jesus. Yes or no? He impresses you and you've got to change. Oh, you'll carry habits and thoughts and feelings and stuff, but I'm telling you, he will impress you so strongly inside. Change, change, because he's living in you. That's the indwelling of the Spirit. Yes or no? So, and then there's the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The analogy for that is, is a river, okay? So um, Luke 24, 49, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Tarry in the city, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. You receive power, Acts 1, 8, when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You'll be witnesses to me, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, etc. So uh, Jesus, uh, a Jewish feast day, um, stood up and just cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. There's a real backstory. It took me about 10 minutes to tell. I'm not going to tell about this. Look it up. There's a big backstory on this feast day when Jesus stood up and said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then he qualified it in verse 39. By this, he, Jesus, spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing on him who receive, uh, would receive. Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. What referred to the Holy Spirit? Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. John 4, the woman at the well of Samaria, it's a well. But here Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. The well satisfies my thirst, but the river helps other people. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is all about helping other people. So again, if you haven't received, you're in the room and haven't received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, or you're watching from your bedroom, wherever you are, and you're not baptized with the Holy Spirit and you're a believer, ask God for the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Go back and read Acts 1, like the first eight verses, and then go read Acts 2, 1 through 4, and say, God, I want this experience. Many of my Bible school friends in the 1970s received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on their own in their home, crying out for more of God, and they just got a really good dose. And if you haven't received that, there is something to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. If there wasn't something really significant to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then why did Jesus wait to begin ministry after he received that experience? Question mark. You ever thought about it? No, people just think, well, he did what he did because he's the son of God. No, no, he did it because he was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Old Testament, this is in the notes, Old Testament, nobody had the indwelling of the Spirit. That's why they did some really crazy things. Abraham lied about Sarah, you know, and many of the patriarchs did some outlandish things and they sinned. I mean, I mean, give me a break. David, you know, committed uh, premeditated murder after he committed adultery and then he lied about it. My mother, come on. He didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him. Holy Spirit would come upon him. Holy Spirit came in the Old Testament upon the prophet, the priest, and the king. And, and, and he would only come upon them and, and give them an anointing kind of on the outside to do stuff and then he'd lift off. 
but it, he didn't live in them because they had hearts of stone, not hearts of flesh. They weren't yet born again. And as an aside, the problems in America today are because people aren't born again. That, that's the foundation of our problems. That causes self-centeredness, all, causes all of the sexual mess that's going on. If you're born again, that stuff, you repel that stuff. Yes or no? Uh, anyway, it's another subject for another day. Jesus began, so, so, so seven of the nine spiritual gifts functioned in the Old Testament. And uh, through the prophet, the priest, or the king, uh, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, never see it in the Old Testament. And, and you know, I'm going to talk to Jesus about this when I get to heaven. You won't need to pray in tongues when you get to heaven. I've been doing that all my life. So, well, I don't miss that, Lord. And I probably won't because I'll know even as I'm known. <laughs> and we'll be talking to him all the time probably. You know, that's kind of cool. So um, seven of the nine spiritual gifts manifest in the Old Testament. There are nine spiritual gifts in the New Testament. Jesus operated in seven of the nine spiritual gifts. Why? Because he was under the old dispensation, wasn't in the new covenant yet, and, and there were just seven of them that manifest. Jesus, nowhere will you find in the Gospels that Jesus ministered in tongues, interpretation of tongues. It's distinctive for the church age and the church age alone. It's just a really personal, it's a personal thing you have with God when you pray in the Spirit. It's really amazing. Jesus began, this is the crux of what I want to say tonight. Jesus began his ministry with the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Any so let me, before I even go here, any spiritual manifestations, regardless of what they are, that you have from the Holy Spirit will fall under the category of one of these nine spiritual gifts. Anything God does in a supernatural way will come under the auspices of one of the nine spiritual gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning or seeing into the realm of spirits, the gift of faith, working of miracles, Gifts of healings, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Anything God does supernaturally will fall under the category of one of those gifts. That's the reason we need to know about them. So when they manifest, oh, I know, oh, that's the word of knowledge. That's what God's wanting to do. Or, oh, that's the gift of faith. Oh, wow, come on, Jesus. Or, or wow, that's the gifts of healings. Or, or that's prophecy rising up. Wow. You see what I'm saying? It's just amazing. Um, uh, even if you have a vision, many times, and it could come in dream form. Uh, discerning of spirits, seeing into the realm of spirits along with uh, the word of wisdom where God shows you something in the future, the word of knowledge, God shows you something now. Does that make sense? So that's why you just got to know about these gifts. They're really important. So Jesus, now watch, Jesus ministered as a man anointed by God. Hear me out. He did not minister as the son of God. He was the son of God, but he didn't minister in that office of the Son of God. He laid the power of that office aside, even though he was deity in humanity, although he was an incarnation, God made flesh. The power part of that office, he decided to leave in heaven when he came into Mary's womb. And when he was born, he didn't, he didn't operate in the power that he had before he came when he was in heaven. Do you hear what I'm saying? He laid it aside. And he waited, I can't imagine, 30 years before that power came on him. Can you imagine? Now, this is too far to go tonight, but Jesus, the Holy Spirit, revealed to him as he was a child that he was the, he was the Son of God. I know it's, what? 
I mean, he, he didn't wake up as a baby, I'm the son of God. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> it didn't happen. Wah, wah, change my diaper, feed me, <laughs> you know, put me to sleep. No, 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 no. I know what the song says, no crying he makes. I think he probably cried a time or two. Jesus wept in John 11, right? 41, shortest verse of the Bible. So, Anyway, the whole idea, though, is uh, he was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit because he gave us an example of how to do it. So he, think about it. You ever think about this? No miracles, no ministry until 30 years old. The warriors in Israel were 30. Jesus was a warrior. Wow, it's incredible. So um, I'm trying to summarize here. Amplified of Philippians 2, I'll do this. Let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind, verse 5, Philippians 2, 5, be in you which was in Christ Jesus, amplified New Testament. Let him be your example of humility, who although essentially being one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all the privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant or slave in that he became like men and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further, carried his obedience to the stream of death, even the death of the cross. So right there, that's called, the, the, the Greek word is kenu, and it means to empty out. Jesus emptied out of, from himself the power of the office of being the second member of the Trinity, deity in humanity. He laid, he laid the power part aside. Not He didn't lay his deity aside. He laid the power of the office aside and he chose not to operate in it and he chose to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. He chose to live by the word of God just like we have to and he had to learn to depend upon his father as a human. Does that make sense? Even though he was divine and so he's a tremendous example for us. When Jesus uh, emptied himself uh, of the divine power of the office he lived in. He emptied himself of six things. He, he li- uh, number one, he emptied himself of living as an equal with God. He was God, but he laid the God power aside, even though he was God. Secondly, his God form or body that he had from eternity past, he laid that aside and got in a new body that Mary prepared for him. Isn't that awesome thinking? Thirdly, uh, he laid aside immortality of the body uh, we are mortal, that means death doom. Jesus wasn't. Nobody could take his life. I just read it uh, in my, this afternoon and was reading. Uh, you know, the people got upset with him in, uh, in Luke 4 because, uh, you know, the religious people in the synagogue got upset with him after he said, man, you dudes are, man, you dudes are having a, you, you making it tough for everybody. That's my summarization of what he said. They got so mad at him. They took him out to, the, to, 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 to a, a cliff and were ready to, throw him off. He just turned around, hey, everybody, and walked right out because his time had not yet come. He was immortal. Jesus um, emptied himself of immortality of the body eventually and became our sin. Number four, Jesus emptied himself of the glory he had with the Father, and, and that's part of the power of the office of being God's son. Number, uh, five, he, he, his God authority in heaven and on earth, he laid aside. So, so yeah, he calmed the sea, walked on water, 
commanded demons to come out of people, but he did it by the power of the Holy Ghost. When Jesus walked on water, that was the working of miracles. When Jesus divided the loaves and fishes, that's the working of miracles. You get what I'm saying? That when Jesus raised the little boy up in Luke 11 that was dead, he was just a very young little boy, and he said, get up. My goodness, that's the, that's the gift of healings, working of miracles, gift of faith, all in manifestation. Get up. Lazarus, come forth. Man, that's the working of miracles, the gift of faith, gifts of healings. His dead body had to come alive, right? So he did that as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost, and he said, the works that I do, you're going to do. How cool is that, right? Number five, six, um, his divine attributes he laid aside and the powers he had with the Father from all eternity past. Jesus' miraculous ministry began after he had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just want to emphasize that again. If you want to operate in God's power, you've got you to receive the apparatus that brings God, God's power into the life of the believer, and that is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, 21 and 22, when all the people were baptized, this talking about by John the Baptist, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and while he prayed, the heaven was opened. Verse 22, the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form. It wasn't a dove, it's like a dove gently upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you're my beloved son and you, I am well pleased. For those that are not Trinitarians, there's a clear classic example of the Trinity. There's Jesus in the water. There's the Holy Spirit coming as a dove and there's the Father speaking from heaven. Some people thought it thundered. So there's the Father there's the Son in the water and the Holy Spirit coming down. There's three, the God, God is a trinity. He's a, he's a triunity, somebody said. You are my beloved Son and you are well pleased. Luke 3, 23, Jesus himself began his ministry about eight, at age 30, year, at, age, at about 30 years of age. Luke 4, 14, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit from the wilderness of Galilee. Uh, to the, and the news of him went throughout all the surrounding regions. Jesus had just gone through 40 days of fasting, praying. He was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And it just happened to be that when John baptized him in water, at the same time, Jesus also received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't happen that way for everybody, but it did for him because everything in Jesus' life and ministry was uh, totally significant. Now, you know, so you can have it be uh, different. You can be baptized in water and then at a later time be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have the examples in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, and the Apostle Paul in Acts 9 being baptized with the Holy Spirit. They weren't being, none of those were being baptized in water when they got baptized with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus was in water when he got baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? It just happened to be he got both. He got dunked in water and the Holy Spirit came upon him at the same time. So uh, then Luke four fifteen, he taught in their synagogues uh, after he had been Baptized by John, being glorified by all, he came to Nazareth, uh, where he had been brought up, as was his custom. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read, and was handed him the book of Isaiah the prophet. And he opened the book, found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he began to read, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant, sat down, the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And they thought he was completely cuckoo. 
So all bore him witness, marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, You surely say this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever uh, you ha- we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. See, again, Jesus did no miracles prior to that. Now, the Apocrypha, which the Catholic Bible has, 14 books there, the Apocrypha, not part of the standard canon or rule of Scripture, because they contain things that the rest of the Bible doesn't. One of the things the Apocrypha contains is an excerpt where, where, supposedly, where supposedly Jesus got some, some sand from the seashore and made it into an animal and breathed on it and it came alive. That never happened. So we call that spurious writings, writings that are not anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so again, um, that's in what people call the Apocrypha. It's not in the Protestant Bible. The Apocrypha is in the Catholic Bible. And again, we don't see those scripture as being inspired writings the way we do the 66 books we call the Bible. So Jesus did no miracles prior to the receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's, just, that's the thing we all need to grasp, that when if you go through the Gospels and read it in the context of spiritual gifts, in fact, I can challenge you to do it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just go read them. The synoptic Gospels, just read them. And, and go through, and, and every time Jesus is ministering to someone, just bear in mind he's being used by the Holy Spirit. He's a vessel. And, and he has the same ability on him that comes on us as Christians now when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? And, and, and so he had to yield to the Holy Spirit. Jesus would spend sometimes nights in prayer or a great while before day he would go off into a desert place and pray. And, and see, that's a real key to spiritual gifts. The more you pray, the more they manifest, the less you pray, the less they manifest. So... See, God's wanting to stoke our prayer life today. He's wanting to stir us up. See, Jesus did that. He'd go off and pray, then he'd come and, and the Spirit of God would manifest and demons would come out of people and, and blind eyes would open, deaf ears would unstop and crippled people would get up and walk and just miraculous, miraculous things over and over and over again. And, and that was because, not because he was the Son of God. How about say it with me? Jesus did miracles, not because he was the Son of God, but because he was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. So you just got to think about it because, you know, we get these religious thoughts in our minds and you read the Bible from a religious mindset and, and you lose the gist of what the Scriptures are just trying to reveal to us. So, so say, having said all that, John 14, 12, as I conclude, uh, he who believes in me, Jesus said, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Wow because I go into my Father. I submit we, we ain't done that yet, but we're going to do it. Are y'all ready for it? Huh? Well, we got to get ready. So again, the gifts of the Spirit are designed by God to be given through the Holy Spirit to the church for the church age until Jesus comes back. Jesus gave us a model of how to do it. So go back through the Gospels and look at how Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Ghost, you will find the word of wisdom. You'll find the word of knowledge there. Um, um, he called one guy and he says, in whom is no God, one of his disciples. Was it Nathaniel? There goes a man in whom there is no God. That was the word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. He didn't get that because he was God. He laid the God stuff aside, right? 
and uh, you know, discerning of spirits. Jesus, uh, uh, he was in he was in the wilderness, temptations, and angels came and ministered to him. Garden of Gethsemane, he saw angels and they came and ministered to him. So, hey, you know, discerning of spirits came into manifestation. He's casting demon spirits out of a guy, the madman of Gadara, Mark chapter five. Demon spirits spoke. He heard him in the spirit realm. That was discerning of spirits. Uh, the gift of faith when he. When people were raised from the dead in his ministry, as I mentioned, that's the gift of faith in manifestation along with the gifts of healings and the working of miracles. Say how, because that dead body's there. Working of miracles, got to get it, come back alive. And then whatever killed it's got to be healed. And then, and then it takes more than ordinary faith to raise somebody from the dead. It all came at one time. Get it? And then Jesus also prophesied what he didn't do is speak in tongues and interpret. Does that make sense? So go read through the Gospels. You'll find it really an interesting exercise. John 3, 34, as you read, remember this. For he whom God sent speaks the words of God. And it's speaking of Jesus. For God does not give the Spirit by measure. That means Jesus, Jesus had all of the Spirit. He didn't have a measure of the Spirit. We have a measure of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? That means... You can expect, as I conclude tonight, you, you can expect God to use you in, in a few of the spiritual gifts. Jesus functioned in all of them because he had the Holy Spirit without measure. You get it? And we have the Holy Spirit in measure. So you'll find yourself that God will use you in, in one gift while not another. And it's not up for you to say, well, God, I want, I'll, you know, I want, to, I want working of miracles because that's, you know, that's kind of cool, <laughs> you know. Or, or, Lord, I want discerning of spirits. I want to see angels and devils. No, no, that's not for you to say. If you want it, you'll probably never have it. And then if you want it too much, demon spirits may say, hey, you want to see something? I'll show you something. And you're a fool to go after that. How many hear me? So you don't do it that way. Don't ever pray for that kind of stuff. Just say, God, whatever you want me to have, I want to have as far as the gifts of the Spirit are concerned. Jesus had all of them that were in his dispensation, and you'll have a few. For me, you know, I've always, just ever since I've been saved, the word of knowledge has always been, it's just been there a lot, really. Um, uh, recent times, last number of years, gifts of healings, the gift of faith, something started about 12 years, 12 years ago in my life. Yeah, 13 years ago, and um, I didn't even understand it to start with, even though I'd taught on it, it just started happening, and I understand it, now how it works, and I've watched it manifest, and then people get healed, it's really amazing, and for me, that's just what happens with me, prophecy's always been a part of my life, different kinds of tongues interpretation as a young believer, uh, but I don't ever make any of that. Like tonight when I started, I had no idea that the Holy Spirit would come on me that way, and I'd have this different kind of tongue and interpretation, um, uh, but it just comes with me. So, so you may operate. In fact, uh, we're, we're told to covet to prophesy, and that is to speak in inspired utterance to others. We're, we're to covet that gift. And you know, if you covet it, I believe God at some point may grant that for you. But, but ask him to use you in spiritual gifts and, and, and don't, don't tie God's hands and say it's got to be this way. It may not be. And well, as we get into this, they manifest in such varying ways and varying degree, degrees because these spiritual gifts fit the individual. God uses you, your personality, your makeup, and he may not use another person the same way in the same gift. He may use them a different way. Does that make sense? And as we go through spiritual gifts, we'll talk about how that kind of works out. Is that okay? Y'all, it is a time, it's really a time to seek God. And I think 
probably we're going to see some things we've never seen before. It's going to be tougher than it's ever been. But again, what I keep hearing God say, don't, don't, don't look at all the negative, look at the positive. It's hard. Hey, let's get, it's, not, it's not easy not to look at the negative because you, you face it every day and you hear people talking, you see how it affects people and uh, you see how it's affected the world and our nation. But at the same time, there's something bigger and grander that God's doing and he wants to keep our eyes on it. Is that good? So how many would go home and just start asking God, Lord, I want to be used as you want me to in gifts of the Spirit? Yes or no? Well, let's just pray a minute. Lord, bless you and thank you for who you are and what you are. We worship you, sir. Glory to God. Lord, I I just ask you, let there come a passion, a desire, a yearning for spiritual gifts into every person in this room and, and every person that's watching online either today or another day. In Jesus' name. Lord, let that which uh, Joel prophesied to begin with, Isaiah prophesied, that there'd be a moving of the Holy Spirit in a fresh way on the, in the world. Let it come, Lord. Lord, we sang it tonight. Let it rain. Lord, I pray let it come. In Jesus' name.